Hey, this is his birthday. Oh. Thank you. Well, thank you, church. I appreciate that. I woke up this morning and had a whole bunch of text messages from people here saying happy birthday. Thank you for that. I really feel loved. You're going to have to make me say something nice like good luck, Kansas City Chief fans today. Can't believe I just said that. There must really be a God. But, you know, it's been 50 years. 50 years, right? Yeah, you, you do. <laughs> Sorry, I'll stop. Seriously, it's good to see everybody today. Uh, I'm not going to be hugging anybody today because I have a really, really bad cold. Uh, it will make you uh, lose your appetite and not have any energy and cough a lot. So I'm doing it because I love you, okay? Um, I'm doing it because I love you. Um, Last week was a very interesting week for me. I, I went to St. Louis to a childhood friend I grew up with to his funeral. He, he went to sleep, and he didn't wake up, and he's 41 years old. We're in youth group together, went on mission trips together. Uh, told Mike I was pretty empty about it, right, Mike? Um, still, still processing it, and 41, um, boy, um, then, you know, another 41-year-old famous guy, you know, Kobe Bryant passed away in a, in a helicopter crash. His 13-year-old daughter, Gigi, and I believe nine other people. And uh, my, my heart and my, my prayers go out, go out to them. When I was in St. Louis for the funeral, they were actually showing on, on television one of Kobe Bryant's last interviews that he had in January and they asked him a question about, you know, what are you going to do when your daughter brings um, her first boyfriend home? And he began talking about what he was going to do. And my dad said something very profound. My dad said, you know, you know he's talking about something he's not even going to get to do. And after he said that, I didn't even hear what Kobe Bryant was saying anymore because I, I was just thinking about that. And when, when I think about my friend Adrian Epton, I think about Kobe Bryant, I think about Gigi, I think about the nine people in the helicopter. In 2020, you know when the ball dropped and we all said Happy New Year? Not one of those people thought that was going to be their last month on this earth, you know? Uh, but you just, you just don't know in life, you know? And the Bible tells us that, that we just don't know. It, 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 the Bible actually, you know, teaches us how to, how, how to deal with this reality of, of, of life and death and in James chapter 4, verse 13, the Bible says, Now listen, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, and make money, while you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. And we don't. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and, and do this or that. And I want you to think about, like, really take, I believe this is a Bible verse we should really take literal. I really think we should always remember to say, if it's the Lord's will, we will do this or that. Because without the Lord's will, when you look at verse 15, it says, if it's the Lord's will, we will do what? We will live. It's the Lord's will if we live. 
And when we say that out loud, we're reminding ourselves of our dependency on God, amen? Uh, we're reminding ourselves that, that, that God is in control. When we say that out loud, we're also letting other people know that we believe in God, right? We believe in our Lord, that our faith is in our Lord. And when we say this out loud, it actually reminds other people to put their faith in the Lord. When we say this out loud, it opens up an opportunity for evangelism, for people to ask us about the Lord that we believe in, right? Uh, it, it's so important to say this. I don't think James is, is being theatrical. I, I, I think if James was preaching right now, he, he, he would say to us, you know, guys, when I said that, I meant it literally. If it's the Lord's will, we will live and, and do this or do that. And bringing the Lord in, in, into what we do, that is Christianity, amen? We want to bring the Lord's will into everything we do today, right? So when we speak that, it, it, it's a reminder to us and to others to bring God's will into our plan and make it his plan, because that's the only right plan, amen? In Psalm chapter 90, verse 12, Moses says, this is Moses talking, Moses says, teach us to number our days, and what happens? that we may gain a heart of wisdom. He says, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. There's, this is not doom and gloom. There's wisdom in knowing, that, in knowing that you don't live forever here on this earth. And when you think that way, church, now stay with me, this is not doom and gloom. When you think that way, you think wiser. Okay, for example, when I... When I think this way, I know my days are numbered here, but I know there's life after here, amen? And, and life after here is going to be amazing and also want my Lord forever, amen? So it reminds me what I'm really living for is not the temporary things here, but the eternal things that I'm going to receive from my Lord and Savior, amen? So, so I don't get as disappointed when things don't go my way here because I know I got eternity there, amen? My, 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 my trials and tribulations are numbered here, and I got to last forever. But you know what is going to last forever? My reward with Jesus. My prosperity here is not going to last forever. That's numbered. But my prosperity with my Lord and Savior is going to last forever. Amen? Amen. So, so what's happening is it, it, it's reminding me of, of what's important. It reminds me of what to live for so I don't get caught up in this world and lose my soul. But a, another thing that I want to encourage you with, church, is that when we number our days, it's like um, we, we have a more purpose-driven life. For example, one time I went to Florida for seven days on vacation. And because I knew I was only going to be in Florida for seven days, my days were numbered in Florida. So you know what I did? I made the most of those seven days. I went to the beach. I went to Disney World. I ate the Mickey ears, you know, the, those good Mickey ears. I ate about five times of those because I know I wasn't going to get them anywhere else. You know, I, I went to the um, uh, cool little... Um, uh, restaurants down there. I mean, I didn't waste any time because I knew that, that my time was limited, so I'm going to make the most of it. Now, I grew up in St. Louis my whole life, and when I first started dating Fotine, my wife, she asked me, Sean, have you, have you ever been on the top of the arch? You know, go up in the arch, go to the top of the arch. And I said, no. She said, how could you live in St. Louis your whole life and never go to the top of the arch. Right. And you know, you know what happened? It's because I live there. I always said I'll do it the next day. I'll, I just say, you know what, I have forever to do that. You know, I, I see the arch all the time. One of these days I'll do it, you know. 
See, I didn't live like my days were numbered in St. Louis, so I missed out on that experience in St. Louis. When, when, Lord, teach us to number our days so we may gain a heart of wisdom. When, we don't want to miss the mountaintop experiences God has for us on this earth, but we will if we act like we have forever. You know what I mean? We, we don't have forever to say, I love you. So if, if there's somebody you love that you never said it to, say it to them today, amen? You don't have forever to say, I'm sorry. So if there's something you know you need to say, I'm sorry for, don't actually have forever. Go say it. You don't have forever to evangelize. You may not be here or they might, may not be here to hear that message that can save their soul, amen? So, 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 so go evangelize. You may not have forever to forgive somebody. So, so forgive them today. You may not have forever to fulfill or go after that, that, that God-given purpose that God has for you in your life. You, you don't have forever. So you got to go after it, even if it makes you leave your comfort zone, even if it makes you have to go someplace different, even if it makes you have to stay someplace you don't want. The, the question is, man, if, if this is what God has for me, i got to go get it. Because sometimes we always say, I'm going to do it tomorrow. Tomorrow becomes a year. A year becomes a decade. A decade becomes a lifetime. And we never get to the top of the arch. It's okay to miss out on the arch, but it's not okay to miss out on the purpose of God. Amen. So, so when he says, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom, we, we, we begin to, to, to think about life differently. And you know what we do? We make the most out of it. Ecclesiastes chapter 8, verse 7 says, since no one knows the future, who can tell someone else what is to come? Nobody, whether it's positive or negative, can tell you what's going to come in your life. Nobody can. Nobody, whether it's positive or negative, can tell you what the outcome in the future is going to be in a relationship you're in. Nobody can tell you the outcome of this country. No one can tell you the outcome of East Grand. No one can tell you the outcome of, of, of a battle or, or a trial you're going through. No one knows the future, positive or negative, on this earth. So no one can tell you what the, is to come except one, and his name is God. Amen? I, I, I kind of liken it to a um, story Doug was telling me. Is Doug here today? Where is he at? Doug Emmerich? He's not here. I don't see him. Is it because I'm sick and my eyes are failing me? He's not here. I'm looking. But he's not here. I'll tell you, I've been looking for him stalling. Okay, every time I talk about somebody, they're not here. Last week, Doug and, and John Tebow were talking, and I was talking with him outside, and Doug told me a story about Sarah, when Sarah's a real little girl. And you know how Doug drives a tractor. If you don't know Doug, Doug's about this tall. He uh, eats uh, like Snicker bars and drinks, uh, I think, Dr. Pepper every day and has like no body fat type of guy. Just makes you mad every time you see him. <laughs> Plays golf, doesn't even exercise, you know. Uh, but he's telling me a story about when Sarah was, was real little and, and Doug was driving his tractor and Sarah was sitting on his lap. Now Sarah's sitting on his lap and she's so little, she's, she's eye level with the steering wheel. So Sarah's going like this. She can't even see where she's going. She can't even see over the steering wheel. But Doug's letting her, you know, navigate the tractor, you know? She can't see nothing but the steering wheel. Now, Doug, of course, he's tall, so he can see over the steering wheel, and he can actually see where Sarah's taking him. So every time Sarah starts stirring him in the direction where they're going to hit a tree or, or, or a rock or fall off of a hill, Doug would turn the steering wheel or direct the steering wheel to keep the accident from happening, to prevent an accident from happening. Make sense? But every t Doug told me every time he did this, Sarah would slap his hand and say, I'm driving. 
You know, and it's interesting how many times I do that with God. You know, Doug represents God, and we're like Sarah. We're going to town, right? But we can't see what the future holds. We can't see what tomorrow is going to bring. But boy, we're staring this thing, right? We're going to town. But God, you know, it's God's like Doug. God can see. Oh, God can see where we're going. God can see what's happening. God can see what's going to happen tomorrow. God knew what was going to happen to Adrian's life. God knew what was going to happen to Kobe Bryant. God knew all that. So as we're going along in life and God sees where we're going, when God sees us going in a direction that's not going to end up in heaven, you know what he does? He begins to turn and redirect our path. So it's on the path he wants us to go. But just like Sarah when she was a little girl, there's this tension that comes up between me and God when God does that. I want to say, God, no, this is, this is my money. God, th- this is my relationship. Th- this is my life. I invested 13 years in this. I spent $40,000 on that. I tried so hard for this. And when God begins to, to take the steering wheel and turn me in a direction that's different than the direction I'm going, uh, sometimes God and I have tension. You ever had that tension with God before? Yeah, when we, when we have that tension with God, I, I want to beg you to surrender to God in those moments. Because that's what faith is, amen? Faith is being sure that God knows what's right, and he loves us, and if we follow his direction, it ends in eternity in heaven, amen? And, and, and I don't know where you may have tension with, with God today, where, where you're going one way and God wants to go a different way, I'm telling you, no one knows the future except God. He, he's directing us on the right path. He, he's directing us on, on, on the best direction. You know, there's, there's a scripture I, I want to share with you, and it's in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 5, and it reads, May the Lord direct your hearts into God's love in Christ's perseverance. It's very interesting here. The, Paul is saying, may the Lord direct. So it's, it's not that Sheldon directs Sheldon's heart. Not Sheldon's parents direct Sheldon's heart. Not Sheldon's friends direct Sheldon's heart. Not, not the culture directs Sheldon's heart. Not tradition directs Sheldon's heart. But the Lord directs Sheldon's heart. But that word, your, it's talking about, Paul's talking about everybody. Excuse me. May the Lord be the one that's directing our hearts. And what, what is he directing our hearts into, guys? He's directing our hearts into God's love and Christ's perseverance. Now, that's powerful. That is powerful. Because in any relationship you're in right now, if you stop and say, I'm going to love this person like God, you will never make the wrong decision in that relationship. You know that? You will never make the wrong decision in that. If you say, you know what, if, if, I, if, if I'm loving this person like God, what am I going to do? And, and you do what God's love is calling you to do. You're going to do, do what God's purpose is in that relationship. I want you to think about maybe a person right now that you're in a, in a conflict with. You don't have to say it out loud. My daughter's saying somebody out loud. But you don't have to say it out loud, but just somebody that you're in conflict with. Now, if you're going to love that person like God, what would you do today? 
Did you just feel the tension? You know, you're turning this way, and God turns the other way. You felt that, right? I'm telling you, trust God in that moment. God sees the future in that relationship. God, God has a plan in that. So what we have to do is we got to relinquish control to God. Think about a circumstance you may be in that, 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 that's difficult right now, that's trying right now. I want everybody to think about this. If you were going to persevere like Christ in that circumstance, what would you do? What would you do? Did you feel that tension again? It's okay. But what we got to do when we feel that tension is we got to trust God. Because any time, in any circumstance, if you will love like God in a relationship and you will persevere like Christ, God will direct your heart into his purpose, not yours. And God will lead you to heaven. That doesn't mean everything in this earth is going to be peachy, right? But remember, our days are numbered here. Our eternity is there, amen? So we're living for that anyway, right? Don't let the temporary discomfort of, of loving people like God and persevering like Christ in that relationship stop you from getting that reward. Because that's Christianity. At Adrian's funeral, I want to read you a poem that was read it, it, to me. It, it, um, it's called um, Heaven's Grocery Store. Anybody ever heard of Heaven's Grocery Store? Okay, I'm going to read it to you right now. Says, I was walking down life's highway a long time ago. One day I saw a sign that read, Heaven's Grocery Store. As I got a little closer, the door came wide open, and when I came to myself, I was standing inside. I saw a host of angels, they were standing everywhere. One handed me a basket and said, My child shot with care. Everything a Christian needed was in this grocery store. And if you couldn't carry them, you could come back for more. First, I got some patience. Love was in the same role. Further down was understanding. You need that everywhere you go. I got a box of wisdom, a bag or two of faith. I couldn't miss the Holy Ghost for he was all over the place. I stopped to get some strength and courage to help me win the race. And though my basket was getting full, I remembered to get some grace. I didn't forget salvation for salvation that was free. So I tried to get enough to save both you and me. Then I started up the counter to pay the grocery bill for I thought I had everything to do my master's will. As I went up the aisle, I saw prayer, and I just had to put that in, for I knew when I stepped outside, I would run into sin. Peace and joy were plentiful. They were on the last shelf. Song and praises were hanging near, so I just helped myself. Then I said to the angel, now, how much do I owe? He just smiled and said, just take them everywhere you go. Again, I smiled at him and said, how much do I really owe? The angel smiled again and said, my child, Jesus paid your bill a long time ago.
Now, though this is just a poem, I want to ask you a question. When you look at the things in heaven's grocery store, all these things are available to us right now because of Christ Jesus. Amen? And my question is, which one do you need the most right now in your life? Do you need some patience to keep loving like God and persevering like Christ? Is, is that what you need right now? Or maybe you need love. Or maybe you need to understand it because, boy, in, in this life, in this life very confusing sometimes and even perplexing? Like, why is this happening and why is it happening right now? I, I'm sure Adrian's family's asking that. And the people in that helicopter, uh, the families are asking that. What about wisdom? What about faith to just do God's will? Anybody need strength today? Or some courage to share the gospel? Or say I love you? What about grace? Remembering that God saved you. It's not what you did, it's what he did, amen? Sometimes we forget that, to put that back in our grocery bag. You know, we leave that one out of the court sometimes. What about salvation? Maybe you're not saved today. And you can, do, you can do salvation like I did the arch. Keep saying I'm going to worry about that another day. You're going to mess around and miss out on salvation. You, what do you need to do with Jesus today to be saved? You got questions? Let's, let's ask him. That's why we're here. Amen? You need to repent? Let's repent. You need to be baptized? Let's be baptized. You need to learn the gospel? Let, don't, don't wait. Don't think you got next week. Learn a lesson from the Bryan family, you know? Maybe you've not prayed in a while because life's gotten so busy. You know, that, that heartfelt prayer, you know? Maybe you need some peace today or some joy because, boy, sometimes uh, you, you can go a week without having joy, right? Maybe you need to stop and, and sing a song. Uh, the Bible says speak to one another songs, hymns, and so, you know what I mean? Maybe, maybe, or maybe, maybe just stop in praising God. Guys, these things keep us going the direction God wants us to go. And when we leave these things out of our life because life can become so busy, what happens is we can lose our soul, right? But God is here today to give us whatever we need in Christ Jesus to do God's will, amen? All we got to do is ask. So in a moment, we're going to ask God to give us what we need from heaven's grocery store. And I want you to leave full. But before we do that, I want to close with this last scripture and it's in Acts chapter 28, verses 1 through 6. The Bible says, this is Paul. Once safely on shore, we found out that the island was called Malta. The islanders showed us unusual kindness. This is Paul. They built a fire and welcomed us all because it was raining and, and cold. Paul gathered a pile of brushwood, and as he put it on the fire, a viper, driven out by the heat, fastened itself on his hand. When the islanders saw the snake hanging from his hand, they said to each other, This man must be a murderer, for though he escaped from the sea, the goddess justice has not allowed him to live. But Paul shook the snake off into the fire and suffered no ill effects. The people expected him to swell up or suddenly fall dead, but after waiting a long time and seeing nothing unusual happen to him, they changed their minds and said he was a God. Paul wasn't a God. Paul knew God. And by the grace of God, that viper bit Paul, but it didn't kill Paul. But there's something very, there's something very interesting I, I want to point out. 
In verse 3, it says, a viper driven out by the heat, it, it fastened itself on Paul's hand. That means it, it wasn't letting go, okay? It was hanging on him. Now, by the grace of God, this viper bite didn't kill Paul, but Paul still had to shake that viper off. He, Paul had to not let this viper stay attached to him. He had to let this viper go. He had to get, get this off of him. By the grace of God, the viper bite didn't kill him, but Paul still had a responsibility to get that viper out of his life. By the grace of God, some sins haven't killed us today, but it's time to shake them off, okay? Amen. Drunk driving may not have killed you because of the grace of God, but it's, it's time to stop drinking and driving. Yes, sir. Gossip may not have destroyed your family yet by the grace of God, but it's time to shake that viper off. You know, discouragement, negative talk, it may, it may not have put you down yet, but you know what? We, we got to shake it off. Yes. Sexual immorality may not, may, has, may not have done its work in your life to destroy it yet, but, but by the grace of God, but we got to shake it off. Hallelujah. Unforgiveness may not have destroyed you and killed you yet, by the grace of God, amen, but we, we got to shake it off. You can't, you can't let that thing stay fastened to you. That, that negative thinking in your mind that you have, yes, it, it hasn't destroyed your ministry, it hasn't destroyed your faith yet. By the grace of God, but you learn a lesson from Paul. Shake that stuff off. Don't let that stuff stay fastened on you, connected on you in 2020, because it will rob you of the purpose of God. Paul can't do God's will with this viper fastened to him all day. You know what I mean? He had stuff he had to do for God. So for him to do what he had to do for God, he had to shake that thing off. Yeah, God saves us. God will allow us to, 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 to get through stuff. But then at some point, we got to repent. We got to let that stuff go. We can't keep that stuff in our life. So I'm asking you one thing. What do you need from heaven's grocery store to come into your life? But I'm also saying, what do you need to let go out of your life so that God's will can be done? It's a two-part question. What do you need from God? And what do you need to let go from the world? And if we can get what we need from God today and let go of what we have that's hurting us from the world today, we can walk out of here on fire today, different today, full today, doing the purpose of God today. So what I want to ask you to do is I want you to join me in prayer. And you don't have to share this with anybody but God. But what do you need from Heaven's Grocery Store? Maybe it wasn't up on that PowerPoint. Maybe it's something else you need from God. And what is that thing that's been fastened to you that you got to let go of so you can really walk in the purpose and power of God? By the grace of God, it hasn't killed you. But don't let that hang around. Don't let the sun go down to your anger, amen? amen. Don't let bitterness destroy you, Amen. Yeah, let's let that stuff go, because God has plans for us, amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I want to take a pause, and I want to ask you to hear from, your, hear from your flock here. In East Grand, I'm asking you right now to talk to God. Tell God what you need from him for you to go forward and do in his will in 2020. But also tell God what you need to let go of in your life, what you need to shake off in your life like Paul did, that viper. What, what is your viper? that you need to shake off. Talk to God about that and ask God to help you. And just take a moment and talk to God for yourself, please.
Father God, in the name of Jesus, you just heard the prayers of the people in this church. Please answer our prayer. Help us walk in fullness and in obedience and in victory. Direct our hearts to, into your love, God, and into your perseverance, Christ. And may your will be done in 2020, no matter how long or short that is for each of us. In Jesus' name, amen. My time is up. Your time is now. Whatever the Holy Spirit is urging you to do, come now as we stand and sing. We'll help you do it.